Everybody, get up! Everybody needs to understand that I'm more than simply a hype man for this rap group. Just like Geico is more than just a company that can save you money. Geico also has fast and friendly claim service, so they can help you when you need it most. And while I do love being a hype man, I also love reading for children's audiobooks. Like Little Bo Peep, she lost the sheep, and she don't know where to find them. Go! Geico. Expect great savings and a whole lot more. Welcome to Fire Talk Radio, teaching the unfiltered Word of God with the anointing of His Spirit, with subjects on eternity and the choices we make that determine our eternal destiny. Hi everyone, welcome to Fire Talk Radio. I am so glad you're joining us tonight. And... um, Tonight's going to be a powerful night in the Holy Ghost, and uh, Dr. Frank Summerall and I have been um, uh, doing a series called Healing is the Children's Bread, and the program is from 8 to 10 o'clock tonight, and uh, Frank teaches for the first hour, and then the second hour I teach, and I play anointed music, and it's really been a blessing, and um, right now I'm going to go into I'm going to go into a song by Leland and it's called Consuming Fire and then we're going to go right to Dr. Frank Summerall after the song so you be blessed by this and I'll be right back with you
praise God for his all-consuming fire. And uh, I'm glad that God is indeed an all-consuming fire. And uh, we lost Frank there. (laughs) But I am sure he will be calling back shortly. So I just want to let you know that I am very grateful that God is a consuming fire. I was looking up the scripture and I was going to let you know where that is. It's, um, God is a consuming fire. And that scripture is in, the one I'm thinking about is Hebrews 12:29. For our God is a consuming fire. And so uh, it says in uh, um, Hebrews 12:28. Therefore, since we receive a kingdom which cannot be shaken... Let us show gratitude by which we may offer to God an acceptable service with reverence and awe, for our God is a consuming fire. And it looks like we have Brother Frank back, so I'm going to answer his call. And while I'm doing that, let me just quickly share with you that Brother Frank has been in the ministry for over 50 years. He's a a mighty man of God, general in the army of God, and he loves God's people, he loves souls, and he has a heart for people and a passion for God. And and with no further ado, I'm going to hold you, uh, turn you over to Dr. Frank Sumrall. Brother Frank, take your liberty in the Holy Ghost. You're live on the air right now. Well, thank you very much. Good to be with you tonight. We're going to do some exciting things in the, the realm of the Spirit and we're noticing what God is doing. Remember last time that we're talking about the power of the name of Jesus. That was an amazing time. That was last Monday. But this time we're going to deal with something specifically a little different than that. Still on the same area here, healing is the children's bread. And there were several ways that Jesus touched people, how healing came to the children of faith. Uh, one of the ways was your faith. You can find that in Matthew nine twenty-two, Laying out of hands, James tells you to do that with oil. And that same thing in James 5.15, James 5.14, the miracles in John 21.25, gifts of healing, 1 Corinthians 12.9, and praying for others by the power of the Holy Spirit. One area that we're going to deal with tonight, if you turn in your Bibles to Hebrews chapter 4, as I was in prayer this afternoon, I was receiving this. And one of the things that we don't see too often, we don't understand, is the compassion that Jesus had for all men. And as he was moving out in that direction, this is in the fourth chapter of the book of Hebrews, beginning in verse 14. Seeing then that we have a great high priest that has passed into the heavens, Jesus, the Son of God, let us hold fast our profession confession. For we have not a high priest which cannot be touched with a feeling of our infirmities, but was in all points tempted like we are yet without sin. Let us, therefore, come boldly to the throne of grace, that we may obtain mercy and find grace in help in time of need. Jesus, he operated according to what the Father did. Father had such a way. All the way back in the beginning, in the book of Genesis, it tells us, that after sin was committed, God was in the cool of the evening looking for Adam. And he said, Adam, Adam, where are you? Now, God wasn't taking a walk in the park. 
What was he doing? He was wanting Adam to respond to the call that he was, I believe God had tears in his eyes. God cared. God understands. God knows. And with the same compassion, turn to Hosea. And in chapter 12, we've got some interesting words to say in regard to that. That it lists the numbers of sins that Ephraim has committed. And God said in verse, having to do in uh, the book of Hosea, chapter 11, verse 8, how shall I give you up? Ephraim, how shall I deliver you, Israel? How shall I make you as Adam? Those are the cities around about Sodom and Gomorrah. That's what we're known about that. How shall I set you free, Zebul? My heart is turned within me. My repentings are kindled together. I will not execute the fierceness of my anger, and I will return not destroy Ephraim. For I am God, not man, the Holy One. In the midst of you, I will not enter into the city. And you've watched that. Look at that whole 11th chapter. You see the compassion that God had in his heart toward Adam. That when Adam was in the garden. And there's some of you out there that think that God doesn't care. God doesn't know. God doesn't understand. He, he, he has no knowledge of what. No, no, God knows it all. He knows the end from the beginning. Now, we always count the beginning to the end, but God says he knows the end from the beginning. And so, wherever you are tonight in your relationship to the Lord, he loves you with an everlasting love. That's why he's drawn you by salvation into the kingdom of God, touching hearts and touching lives and touching everything around about you there. You might have had a hectic day. You might have had a day, quote, unquote, made in hell. I don't know about that. God <laughs> can turn everything around. Our God can change anything and everything. Oh, we love him. We serve him. We praise him. We give him all glory and honor and thank him for what he is doing and touching lives all around the world, touching your heart, touching your body, touching you in every direction. Now, we look at this for a moment here, and we will see a very interesting way that Jesus, the Bible says, was touched with the feeling of our infirmities. That means he cares. He cares so much. He cares when you're hurting. He cares when you're in such intense pain you can hardly describe it. He cares so much about the very position you're in right now, whatever problem might be, whatever need you might have. Maybe you've had a, a discouraging day. Maybe you've had like the heavens of brass. You know, that's the only time really it said that in Deuteronomy 28. It says one time the heavens of brass. Because the children of Israel were walking in disobedience. That's why the heavens were brass. The heavens today are not brass. They're open. We can call unto God, and he will hear and answer your cry. That's one of the ways that God reaches out is when you cry. I'm thinking of this uh, psalm that it mentions that. In Psalm 3, it said, He's the glory and the lift of my head. I cried unto the Lord with my voice, and he heard me out of his holy hill. Generally, what precipitates that is the cry, the cry from your heart to God. I know many times we come to church, many times we're outside, and maybe you're in a mall area or wherever you are, whatever condition you're in, whatever problem, whatever, wherever you are. 
knowing there's a loving Heavenly Father looking down from heaven. He sent his son to earth to die for mankind, to bring them to righteousness. It says this in Psalm 145. Look at verse 8 and 9. gives you an idea about the compassion of our Lord. The Lord is gracious and full of compassion, slow to anger, and great mercy. The Lord is good to all, and his tender mercies are over all his works. Psalm 145, verse 8 and 9. So as we look at the Lord's compassion, we see how Jesus, his heart is reaching out for us tonight. And as I was in prayer this afternoon, I was feeling this. That's why when I pray and when I believe, I was talking to a lady that was in another state, and she was mentioning all the different surgeries she had to have, different things. I just started crying, moved by the very fact of what she was going to go through. I said, my sister, I'm going to be praying for you. I'm going to be believing with you. I'm going to believe that the Lord is going to touch you even on the table where they're operating. And I could feel my heart just moving to her direction. And God cares. God understands. So as the Holy Spirit works through us, compassion will work through us, touching people, touching lives, touching hearts. It's so amazing. And you ought to look again in that 10th chapter, 10 and 11 of Hosea, it said, I loved Israel. I called to Israel. I asked for Israel. And they went back to their graven images. I taught Ephraim. I drew them with cords of a man, with bands of love. I did all that and more. And then he said, my people are bent on backsliding. Even though I called to them, and I asked them to come back, they had not do it. And finally, he says, how can I give them up? How can I give them up? Then you might be a backslider right now. He said, well, how can I come back to God? I'm telling you right now, here's how to do it. Just say, Jesus, just like the blind Bartimaeus said, Jesus, our son of David, have mercy on me. And pray that prayer, and God will come to rescue you and touch you and set you free. Oh, his son paid the supreme price. He shed his blood. On Calvary. Oh, hallelujah. Jesus did it for you. You know what? If you were the only person in the world, he would have still done it for you. He did and did and gave and released himself. The very heart of his father was going through his heart, reaching people, touching people. Uh, Several, several things come to mind right here. Every time that he was dealing with people, in such a way. And we look in the New Testament. There's several things. That when Jesus, when he was trying to feed the 5,000, and his disciples said, well, tell them to go into town and buy some food. Now, that shows you the coldness of their heart. Now, they also, too, they said, well, we don't know. We don't want to have any food. And Jesus said unto them, Jesus said to them, he said, I'm touched with them. Uh this is what he did. He touched them. He reached out to them. This is in chapter 5 of Luke. It says in about verse 15, it says, So much more went the fame of him. The multitudes came unto him to hear and be healed by him. 
and of their infirmities. But he withdrew himself from the wilderness and prayed and prayed. And every time he went someplace, his compassion went ahead of him. Notice what happened here. Now, you find in that same chapter, there were men, brought a man that was taken on the, a bed with palsy. And so they sought to bring him in, to lay him before him, but there was no, they had to rip off the roof. They tore another man's roof off. They took the tiling off and took him right through the top of the roof and brought him down. And the scripture says in verse 20, when he saw their faith, what did you see? Jesus saw the open heaven because they ripped off that man's roof. When he saw what they did, oh, that's when he saw their faith. And when he saw their faith, he said to the man, your sins are forgiven you. And when Jesus perceived their thoughts, the Pharisees and the Sadducees, who could forgive sin? He, he said their sin. He said, what reason within your hearts? What's it easy to say? Rise, pick up your bed and walk. He said that the Son of Man might be glorified. The Son of Man has power to do that. And immediately he rose before them, took up where he lay, departed his own house, and glorified God. And they were all amazed as they glorified God. And they were filled with fear, saying, we have seen strange things today. (laughs) Hallelujah. That's our Jesus. That's how much he cares. That's how much he reaches out. What a thing. In the scripture, the word compassion and mercy mean about the same thing. And that the translations coming down from the Greek, coming down from the Hebrew, and using all these things together, they, they have the same connotation. Mercy and compassion. As God reaches out, the whole thing, God loves us. We have to put that inside our spirit that God loves us. The Bible says he loves us with an everlasting love. That's one of the reasons that he allowed his son to have stripes upon his back. He allowed those different things to happen in order that Jesus would reach out and touch the people that were out there all the times. See, the Lord has always been willing. Now, even he goes beyond willing. Remember the leper that came to him? He said, if you will, you can. Now, we don't need to say if your will be done. We don't need that what was happening to Jesus on the earth, that was the will of the Father. That took place. So anytime we pray with that prayer, that prayer will never be answered because of the fact of his incorrectness in the direction of Scripture. And Jesus said to the man, he said, I will. Now, who is he talking to? He was talking to a leper. Now, in those days, leprosy was so contagious that they were supposed to, the lepers were supposed to cry out, unclean, unclean, unclean. That's what they would say, unclean. And they had to be around about 20 paces away because the people were even told that they would stone these lepers if they got too close to society. Jesus, when looking at this leper, he said, if you will, you can. And Jesus said, I'm going to turn around. He said, I want to. I will. And Jesus touched that leper and healed that leper. What amazing. What wonder. Even beyond our expectation. Even beyond what we even had heard of. The Bible says that word willing is 
so wonderful to express the very mercy of our God. The Bible says in Micah chapter 7 and verse 18 that God delights in mercy. He delights in mercy. And then then in Second Chronicles 16, 9, it says, this really puts a cap on it here. It said, for the eyes of the Lord run to and fro throughout the whole earth to show himself strong in behalf of those whose heart is perfect toward him. That not only tells that he's willing, but he's eager. He's ready to do it. He wants to do it. He will do it. For the eyes of the Lord run to and fro. In other words, he's ever looking for an opportunity to set people free, to heal them, to deliver them, to make them whole, to make them well, to make them free. I was just thinking a moment ago that we're talking about there in Leviticus chapter 25. The, the jubilee was the fact that he has come to set mankind free. And Jesus is our jubilee. He wants to set you free, body, soul, and spirit. He wants you to know how much he loves you, how much he cares, how much he understands your need, how much he understands your problems, how much he understands all the, the things that you've gone through. Jesus knows and understands. And his, head, his heart is reaching out to your heart tonight. I feel this so strongly, that Jesus loves you. And out there, if you're even thinking about suicide, rebuke that spirit in the name of Jesus. Oh, no, 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 no. You're valuable. You're precious. All of you there, you're valuable. You're precious before the Father. Jesus loves you with an everlasting love. He loves you so much. He cares for you so much. His hand is upon you right now. The blessing of the Lord is upon you right now. God does that. God's doing that. He's reaching out. Oh, he wants to touch you tonight, wants to heal you tonight, wants to deliver you tonight. Cause the blessings of heaven to come in your direction. I'm believing for that right now, that the blessings of heaven will cascade out of the very heavens and come down where you are and to set you totally, wonderfully, gloriously, beautifully free, free indeed. Oh, glory to his name. Not only is God able, but he's willing. He's willing to above what we ask or think. Hallelujah. God is willing. He's ready. He's ready right now to do it. Ready to reach out. Ready to touch you. Ready to heal you. Ready to set you free. Oh, hallelujah. Hallelujah. That, that it, it just so blows our minds to the fact how much he really cares and understands and knows exactly where we're at. How he loves us. How he loves us. How he loves us. And that, now, you might even think of this, that, I, I remember an occasion that, as we lived in Hong Kong, I had a little scooter, a little push scooter, and I was going down the hill, and the brakes went out on it. And this hill was pretty steep. I mean, I could have really hurt myself. My mother took her body and threw it in front of that scooter. It wasn't motorized or anything, but it was a scooter anyway. It was going down the hill pretty fast. And she jumped in front of that thing to stop me from going over the hill. I said, Mom, why'd you do that? She just kind of brushed herself off and says, because you're my son. <laughs> because you're my son. She never berated me on that, never yelled or screamed at me at that. It was just something I was never going to do again. I was never going to go a hill. I was never going to take that trip again down the hill. <laughs> I mean, that, that, that was enough to last a lifetime right there. Taking a scooter, running down the hill, and brakes go out on it. 
because it had a brake in the back. So I put that brake down, and it didn't work. And the things kept on picking up speed. The, the uh, acceleration, because it was going straight down. And there was a little hill there, and I could have just flipped that thing over the I, I could have been really hurt, really bad. But Mama said, uh-uh, not my son. She threw her body in front of that scooter. Unreal. Now, we men, <laughs> we might say stop. We might try to do everything else. But I tell you, the women get it done. I'm telling you what, they care, they understand, they know, they do everything else. Oh, amazing, amazing, amazing. But one of the things we have to see about Jesus is that he was a man, a real man, here on the earth, reaching out, touching, healing, setting people free, letting the glory of God come down and set the captive free. What he's doing right now. He's allowing his glory to come to you tonight. <laughs> He's allowing his presence to just come to where you are. Mm, my, 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 my. I feel it right here in the studio right now. I feel the Spirit of God moving right now. It's actually, we call the place that I'm doing this right now our sanctuary. That we don't eat in the sanctuary. We don't even drink water in the sanctuary. We don't do anything except pray. We don't do anything but read the Word of God. We don't do anything but study. But this is for God. This place is for God. And as we have dedicated this room to God, this is the place that we send our prayers out. This is the place where intercession is made. This is the place for reaching out. This is the place for working in the Spirit and going to the place where God wants us to be at. Oh, I tell you, it's getting better all the time. Getting greater all the time. More wonderful all the time. One of the things about the Lord's compassion is showing it yeah, again, let's let's go back to the leper because as we see this leper coming towards him, there was a leper that came to him. This is in Mark chapter 1, beginning of verse 40. A leper came to him, beseeching him, said, he said, if you will, you can make me clean. And Jesus was moved with compassion. He put forth his hands automatically. <laughs> Nobody in that whole area of those people would have put their hand toward the leper. He put his hand, and he touched him. And he said unto him, I will be clean. And as soon as he had spoken, immediately. Now, again, we're dealing with Mark. Mark is written to the Romans. This is really cool. Because the two words that identify the book of Mark is immediately and forwith. You take those two words, immediately and forwith. That means it wants to happen right now. It's a right now. It's a right now action. So, as this was written for the Romans, talking to them, Jesus said that it happened immediately this took place. His leprosy departed from him, and he was cleansed. And they came to him from every quarter. Oh, he was so moved with his compassion. Now, he departed by ship. This is in Matthew chapter 14 into a desert place apart. And the people heard thereof, they followed him on foot out of the cities, and Jesus went out there and saw the great multitude. And Jesus was moved with compassion. Now, compassion, now, now here, here's something quite interesting. Compassion will move you to action. When you say you have compassion, simpatico in espanol, when you have that sympathy, when you have that compassion, when you have the compassion, you will be moved 
to action as Jesus did it. And notice what it says here. He was moved with compassion toward them, and he healed their sick. Amazing. What a word. What a word comes right out of the New Testament in regard to Jesus. Now look over here at Matthew 20. And as they parted from Jericho, a great multitude followed him, and there were two blind men sitting by the wayside. And when they heard Jesus, they passed by, they cried out, saying, Have mercy on us, O Lord, our son of David. Now that was identifying him to be the Messiah. He said, What do you want me to do unto you? And they said unto him, Lord, that our eyes may be opened. So Jesus had compassion on them, and he touched their eyes. And immediately their eyes received sight, and they followed him. Here the blind men, we're looking at these blind men. They were asking for mercy. Having their eyes open, Jesus gave to them mercy. He healed them. He set them free, well as forgiveness. And so in those days, when seeking healing, they always asked for mercy. In our day, when people think of mercy, the application is on to a sinner. No, that's much more than that. Notice that the scripture calls him the God of mercy by healing all the people, setting camp to three, causing the blessing of heaven to come. Remember the book of Job. In the book of Job, which is 42 chapters long, the episode of his life, in that book, it's estimated that that was a year's time. One year. One year. You'd started the first part of Job, and you'd think, my, 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 is he ever going to get through? Will he ever make it through? And But here's the secret. When he came to the last chapter, the Bible says, when Job prayed for his friend, the Lord turned his captivity. you find that in the last chapter of the book of Job. When he prayed for his friends, the Lord turned his captivity. You read the book of Job, you find exactly what he was into, what they did, and these accusers. You've done this, and you've done that, and you've done the other. Why are you sick? And all the other things that they, the barrage was amazing. Amazing upon Job. And the Bible says, when all these things came, Job didn't sin with his mouth. He didn't sin. He blessed them. He prayed for them. Even though the enemy came and took out his family, took out his son, took out his daughters. Find that in the first chapter. And all the things that happened to him, his sickness, close to death. And then the accusers. All of these three accusers that were accusing him. But the last chapter is the best chapter. Because the Bible says when he prayed for his friends, he was delivered. Now, I don't know what situation you're in right now. If you've had people speaking against you, just bless them in the name of Jesus. Take them to the foot of the cross. They said, Jesus, here they are. Bless them, Jesus. Help them, Jesus. Anoint them, Jesus. Touch them where they live, Lord. Move in their hearts and lives. Bring them to your salvation. So, all the way through here, having to talk with the lepers, having to talk with different situations, having the problems, but the whole thing was moved 
Jesus was moved with compassion, with graciousness from heaven. Oh, it's so wonderful. It's wonderful, wonderful, wonderful. Everywhere that the disciples went, they were moved with the action that God put in him. Now, notice in the fifth chapter of the book of Mark, we have a satanic thing going on there. There's the man of Gadara. It's the demoniac of Gadara. Now, this man, they tried to bind him with chains. He broke the chains. They tried everything. And he was in this place, in the tombs, crying and cutting himself with stones. When Jesus came to the man, the man came and worshipped him. Not the devil. The man did. Showing you, now this is very powerful, showing you that the will that you have, God has put the will inside of you. Your will is stronger than any satanic power. Do you hear that? The will that God has placed inside of you is stronger than any power the devil has. In that fifth chapter, we see that the man worshipped Jesus. Now, if the man had to come and worship Jesus, Jesus would have probably left him right there. But he rebuked the devil, took the spirits out of the man. Those demons that were in the man ran violently down a hill and were choked. Those were pigs. But again, this was the land of the Gadarenes. This was not Jewish territory. The Gadarenes. But they were all afraid of him. They said they begged him to leave their coast. And you would think that they were going to get so happy because this man that was bound is going to be free. And yet, inside of their hearts, they had questions. And then they finally said, Would you please leave us, Jesus? You're just too much for us. We want you to go to the other side of the lake and do your business over there, not here. Notice it was a monetary thing because the pigs, the ones that owned the pigs, a little upset because all those pigs, 2,000 pigs, were drowned. Great revenue was lost right there to them, of course. But a man was free. He was set free by the power of the Son of the living God. Hallelujah. (laughs) That's our God. He has come to set mankind free. Come to set us free. Oh, hallelujah. You ought to rejoice in that right there. As I'm speaking right now, I feel the freedom of God. But let's look at that just for a moment over here. This is in Mark chapter 5. And notice just before you get to 5, the last few verses of chapter 4, Jesus is crossing Lake Galilee. And the devil tries to put him under. And as you watch that happen, this is so interesting. In that fourth chapter of Mark, in the last few verses, the enemy tries to take him and put him under. They wake Jesus. They say, don't you care if we perish? And he stands up and he rebukes the winds and the waves. Well, here was the real reason. The real reason for that, because Jesus was going to set the money at free. He was going to set that man free. And the enemy knew about that. And so he tried to drown Jesus in Lake Galilee. That's when Jesus got up, rebuked the devil, rebuked any power that he apparently had. The winds and the sea were quiet at that point in time. This is in the last few verses 
And this is what happened. And so when that took place, that's one of the things that, see, the enemy tried to take Jesus out by that storm. Uh, Beginning about verse 35 of chapter 4 of Mark. And the same day when even was come, he said to them, let us pass over. Now, notice the word he said, pass over. He didn't say pass under. He said pass over under the other side. And when they had sent away the multitude, they took him. As he was in the ship, there were also little ships with him. Now, this is quite interesting because after this one occasion here in verse 36, you do not find the mention of other ships. We have might surmise, but we're never told what happened to these other ships. And there was a great storm of wind. And when the waves beat in the ship, so that it was full. Well, brother, sister, let me tell you something. You've got too much water on the inside of the boat. You're in trouble. You're going down, 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 down. <laughs> I don't know if you ever tried that before. <laughs> if you've ever been in a rowboat sometime, you get too much water on the rowboat, the rowboat will go down. And so the water was inside the ship, and it was now full. Now, he was in the back part of the ship, the hind part of the ship, asleep on a pillow. And they awoke him and said, Master, don't you care if we perish? What a stupid thing to say. Of course he did care. Of course he loved him. He didn't bring him into that storm. A storm came in the middle of the lake. That's where the storm came. What did he do? He arose. He rebuked the wind. And he said to the sea, Peace, be still. And the wind ceased, and there was a great calm. And he said unto them, Why are you so fearful? How is it that you have what? No faith. (laughs) He talked to his disciples. He said, Your action proves that you have no faith. And they feared exceedingly and said one to the other, What manner of man is this, that even the wind and the sea obey him? Chapter 4. Then in chapter 5, you have this demoniac. And Jesus sets him free. But one of the things I was pointing to your attention in verse 6, when the demoniac saw Jesus afar off, he ran and worshipped him. But in verse 7, the demoniac, the devils are not left. They have not taken a vacation yet. They haven't left the premises. So here's what happened. They still use his vocal cords, and they said, What have we to do with you, Jesus, thou Son of the Most High God? I adjure you that you torment me not. And he said unto him, Come out of the man. See that? And so all the devils besought him, saying, Send us to the swine, that we may enter them. And Jesus gave them leave, and the unclean spirit went out and entered into the swine. The herd ran violently down the steep place, and they were about 2,000, and they were choked to the sea. And they that fed the swine fled. They were really scared. And they told it in the city and in the country. And they went out to see what was done, what, all the dead pigs. And they came to Jesus, and they saw the man that was possessed, I like that right there in verse 15, that was possessed with the devil. And what, what was he? He was seated, he was clothed, and he was in his right mind, and they were afraid. They didn't know power that the man Jesus had. Then they, 
concerning the swine and everything else, they begged him to leave their coast. And that's exactly what he did. He took out of there. He went in another direction. And so the man that had just been delivered said, Now, can I join your team, Jesus? I see you have these disciples here. Can I join your team? And then he told him, he said, Go back to go tell your friends what great things the Lord has done for you. And he hath compassion. There's the word we're looking for right now. Had the word compassion on you. And he departed and began to publish in the capitalists. Now, what that was, that was a 10-city area. Remember when the feeding of the 5,000? When the 5,000 people, or they just called men, were there, there might have been 20,000 people. That's the area Jesus went to. And that's the area evangelized by this previous demoniac. <laughs> oh, I tell you. Word of God is exciting. It's, it's wonderful. I just love to teach the Word of God. And it gets better all the time. I, whoo, hallelujah. <laughs> I've just had a, just, just a move of heaven right now upon my heart and upon my life. And I say to all of you that are sick out there, if you've got any pain in your body, I'm going to rebuke that pain in the name of Jesus. I rebuke the restrictions on your body. I come against every dilapate, all of the ways of the enemy coming against you, whatever he tries to do, all of the uh, debilitating and hurtful, I don't care what kind of disease it might be, whatever sickness it might be, whether it's gone or airborne or any direction, whatever that sickness is, your word tells us that you healed all. You healed all. And so I'm asking, Lord, that all of those that are listening that are sick in body, sick in mind, sick in their soul, that you'd release them and set them free. For your word declares, he whom the Son sets free is free indeed. (laughs) Hallelujah, 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 hallelujah. Now, as we follow Everything that Jesus did, one of the major things we pointed out to you was the fact that Jesus was moved by the word compassion. Now, do we have that fire inside of us? Do we have compassion for the lost? Do we have compassion for our loved ones? Do we have compassion for our city? Do we have compassion for those around about us? We need to pray until that starts coming to us that the compassion of heaven will come to our hearts and we will pray in the Holy Spirit. We will pray for the unction and function in the spirit of the living God. You know, one of the things said that talking about the scribes and Pharisees, Jesus said many times as they He said, those Pharisees, those Sadducees, were lifting their voice because they just wanted to hear themselves talk. The prayer that God hears is the prayer that comes from the heart, not the articulation, how much wisdom you have, how much money you have, what kind of car do you drive, what, what kind of location are you in. It's got nothing to do with it all. It has to do with the heart. 
as the heart reaches out to God. May your heart reach out to the living God. Oh, hallelujah, hallelujah. Uh, I feel the saturation of the Holy Spirit upon me right now. The Spirit of the living God is upon me. He said, what are we going to? Well, we're going to go over here to Luke, because that's what Jesus said. The anointing of God was on him in such measure. Oh, hallelujah. Such measure. In the fourth chapter of the book of Luke, he went to his own city. While he was there in his own city, they gave him the book to read. And that book, of course, was the book of Isaiah. And uh, it says, as his custom, he went to the place, the synagogue. He came to Nazareth. This is in the 16th verse of chapter 4 of the book of Luke. And as taught in the synagogue, being glorified of all, he came to Nazareth. We had been brought up, and as his custom was, that means that Jesus went to church. As his custom was, he went to the synagogue on the Sabbath day and stood for to read. And there was delivered to him the book of Isaiah. And when he had opened up the book, he found the place. Why did he find the place? Because he knew where it was. He was acquainted with the word. He knew exactly where it was. And then it was written about him. Verse 18. The Spirit of the Lord is upon me because he hath anointed me to preach the gospel to the poor. He has sent me to heal the brokenhearted, to preach deliverance to the captive, recovering of the sight of the blind, to set at liberty those that are bruised, to preach the acceptable year of the Lord. What did he do? And he closed the book. He gave it again to the minister sat down, and all of the eyes of them in the synagogue were fastened on him. And he began to say unto them, This day is this scripture fulfilled in your ears. And they bare him witness and wondered at the gracious words that proceeded out of his mouth. And they all said together, Is this not Joseph's son? They said, Certainly going to say, Physician, heal thyself. And so he said, I'm going, no prophet is except in his own country. And so then he began to talk about the Old Testament, about Elijah, and about things that happened there, and talked about all these things. And they got so angry with him, they wanted to destroy him. Verse 28, and all of the synagogue, when they heard these things, were filled with wrath, such anger, and rose up and thrust him out of the city. Now, I've been to Israel about 20-something times. And Nazareth is at the brow, at the hill. And so they wanted to throw him off the hill. They rose up and thrust him out of the city and led him to the brow of the hill where their city is built, that they might cast him down headlong. That means you were going to live through this. What did he do? He passed right to the middle of them and went his way. <laughs> I want you to stop at verse 32. It says, And they were astonished at his doctrine, for his word was with power. <laughs> his word was with power. You get that? His word was with power. My, 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 my. As we've looked at a few things tonight, 
that particular reading thought of that word compassion, how Jesus was moved with compassion towards their sick, toward those that were hungry, towards those that were needy. He was reaching out. He reached out to the leper. He reached out to the woman that had an issue of blood. He reached out to uh, Jairus, the leader of the synagogue. His daughter was dead. Remember? They came to him and said, don't bother the master anymore. Your daughter's already dead. And Jesus said, don't believe that. Don't believe that. They went there. And he moved all of the unbelievers out. He took with him Peter, James, and John. And he was inside and he prayed. Tabitha arise, took her by the hand, maiden arise, and she arose from the dead. <laughs> Hallelujah. But on the way there, had several things. Had the woman with the issue of blood, other uh, situations and problems that he met with and dealt with. Imagine the anxiety the father would have asking them to pray for his daughter, his only daughter, and yet Jesus taking time with every situation, everything that happened, just taking his time, mosey on down the road. Finally, when it comes to his house, they came to him while he was walking that direction. They says, don't bother the master anymore. Your daughter is dead. And Jesus says, don't take that to heart. Don't believe that. And so we find her there. He goes in there. He removes all of the unbelief out of the room. Just pushes them all out. And calls back the spirit of the little girl. And she awakes. And he said, maiden, arise. And she did. Hallelujah, 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 hallelujah. Isn't that wonderful? We serve a mighty God that is touching, that's healing, that's setting the captives free. And so there are different kinds of spirits. This in Mark 5 was a demonic spirit. He spoke of in Luke chapter 13, there was a spirit of infirmity, of sickness and of disease. This woman had it for 18 years. So Jesus specifically dealt with sickness as a person because he knew behind the sickness, that's where the enemy was working. But I'm saying to you tonight, tonight is your night. Freedom, freedom, freedom in Jesus' name. I call it in. I believe. I thank him for it. Well, hallelujah. One of the great scriptures we're acquainted with in the book of Acts, chapter 19, is when they took clause from Paul. Beginning in verse 11, the 19th chapter of the book of, and God wrought special miracles by the hands of Paul. How is this happening? So that from his body, were brought under the sick handkerchiefs or aprons, and diseases departed from them, and evil spirits went out of them. What a powerful thing. In verse 11, also in verse 12. So we find that the power of God, and I believe it this way, I believe God 
is turning up the grid of power worldwide. That is touching hearts. He's touching lives. He's touching people everywhere. You're seeing the move of God in a greater measure than ever before. That his power and his spirit and his glory is getting stronger and not weaker. Hallelujah. Even when St. Paul was on his way for execution, I got to read that to you because it's so powerful and wonderful, having to do with talking about the island of Melita and what happened on Melita. Uh, they hadn't seen the sun for two weeks. It was a two-week storm. Now, in the English language, the wind was blowing in every direction called a levanter. You can see that and study that out. The wind is blowing in every direction. He only tells the people that have the ships that don't really send the ship out there. It's not going to be good. And so they don't listen to him. They run into it, and the ship is about ready to break apart. But while he's doing that, what happens in that same chapter, he's fasting, he's praying because no one can eat. He said, this is what he does. And then look at verse 22 of Chapter 27. This is so good. He said, Now I exhort you, be of good cheer, I mean, be happy. For there should be no loss of any man's life among you but the ship. What he was saying, he said, The ship's going down, but everyone with the ship will not lose their life. So, well, how do you know this information? Verse 23. There stood beside me this night an angel of God. Now, notice what he says. Whom I am, whose I am, and whom I serve. What did the angel said? Fear not, Paul, thou be brought before Caesar. That means the commission, the commission was in front of him there. That his mission was that he needed to speak to Caesar. Give his testimony before Caesar. Why? Because even it tells us there in the scripture, he said, Give salutations to those that are in the house of Caesar. Mean that Paul went there, preached the gospel, had the glory of God show up, and what happened is they had converts from Caesar's family, from the household of Caesar. My, what a powerful man of God. Oh, hallelujah. I feel the anointing of God in that direction. Now, notice this. I want to say something very special to you. When God gives you an assignment, the devil himself can't take you away from that assignment because we're so focused. We're so, we have a plan. We have a thing that God wants us to do in that realm. We have to follow that. Whatever God puts in your heart, to giving you an assignment, you shall and finish your assignment. See, back in February, when the enemy tried to take me out, high blood pressure, all kind of crazy stuff going on. And one of the nurses came in that morning and said, uh, sir, you don't know how close to death you were. I said, tell me about it. She said, well, your heartbeat. I said, well, what's so big about that? She said, 25, you flatline. That means you're dead. At 25 heartbeats a minute. You can't live past that. And so as she was leaving the room, I said, would you please shut the door? She shut the door, and I started rebuking the devil. I started coming against him with everything I had inside of me. I started speaking in tongues. I started coming against that in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ and the power of God. Oh, I'm telling you what. He just took me over. And then I called my wife. I said, honey, take me out of this incarceration. 
you don't know what that word is, incarceration, that means you like you're in prison. Take me out of this incarceration. And she did. Oh, God, I got so happy. But I'm going to put up any more what he tried to do to me. Tried to take me down. Tried to take me out. And I realized, I said, wait a minute, Brother Frank. Notice what the enemy tried to do. He tried to take you out before the purpose of God had been fulfilled in your life. Oh, my, 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 my. When I saw that, when I saw that, I was so angry in the spirit against the enemy. Woo! I don't know. Smoke was coming out of my head, but I tell you, I was not happy with him at all. He tried to pull that number on me. I prayed and prayed and prayed and prayed. Then I just started getting happy. I said, ha, ha, the devil can't take me out because my time is not yet. I must do this and this and this and this and this, and I counted all things as I wanted to do in my heart and life. Teach the word. Preach the word. Go around the world and touch the people of the earth with the message of the gospel. Hallelujah. Oh, <laughs> glory to his name. I tell you, he just got better and better and better and better and better and better and better. Now, we haven't even got to the place we're talking about. So he said the angel spoke to him. He said, fear not, Paul. He said, I, I've given you all of those that sail with you. He said, wherefore, sir, be of good cheer. I believe God. And it shall be as it was told me. So it says, we've got to go to this island over here. And then you go to 28. And when they were escaped, and they knew that the island was called Melita, the island was called Melita, And we lost Brother Frank, and sorry about that momentary uh, lapse of <laughs> uh, dead air there. But um, And we will get Frank back with us soon, and uh, he will he will be back, and he will be explaining to us about the island and finishing his thought on that. It's a wonderful, wonderful teaching. We've had a lot of rain here, so I think that might actually have a lot to do with it. Of um, the call of the calls being dropped and things like that. So, but um, it's been a wonderful, wonderful teaching so far. They always are wonderful teachings that Brother Frank gives, and I'm just so grateful. I know I am truly, truly blessed when Brother Frank teaches. And so here he is again. I'm going to answer his call in just a moment. Hold on, please, everyone. Okay. Hello, okay, Brother Frank. You're live. You're live on the oh, air right now. You're I, live. I just got to finish this one part. When I when I got going, I didn't want to stop, but I don't I, know I how don't that want you to stop. It's wonderful. Yeah. You're talking about the <laughs> island. Yeah, you're that's right. We're talking about the island. Then you got disconnected. Yes. Feel free oh, to okay, take your okay. liberty as long as you need. Okay. Right. Right. So this is in chapter 28 of the book of Acts, and they escaped, and they knew that the island was called Melita. There were barbarous people there. No kindness. And so they kindled a fire and received everyone because it was rainy and it was cold. And Paul had gathered a bundle of sticks, laid them on the fire, and there came out a snake, a viper, poisonous snake, out of the heat and bit his hand. And when the barbarians saw it, this venomous beast hanging from his hand, they said among themselves, No doubt this man is a murderer, whom though he has escaped the sea, yet vengeance suffered not to live. And he shook the beast off into the fire and felt no harm. <laughs> and when they expected him to die, he wasn't going to die. He didn't even swell up. And then they said, wait a minute here. We've got to change our minds on that. We've got to call him a god. And they looked 
he was not swollen or fallen down dead. And after they looked a great while, they changed their minds and called him a god. And so, finally, he had revival on that island. He prayed for people all over the island. He healed him. And then it was done another thing. Diseases of the island were healed. And they honored us with the honors. At three months, they stayed on that island. And then he put a pastor in charge of that island, and he said, this is what I want done here. Very powerful word in Acts chapter 28. Well, what I'm saying to you, no matter what the enemy has tried to do in any direction, the word says, if God be for us, who can be against us? Now, again, tomorrow night, we're going to finish off with the book of Daniel. That'll be the 12th chapter of the book of Daniel. Don't miss it. That's from 6 to 7. Then we take Holy Communion at that time. So I want to pray for you. Father God, I bless these wonderful people. In the mighty name of Jesus, may their bodies be healed. Let the goodness of God come on them and overtake them. Let the anointing of God fill their life. In Jesus' name I speak this. And I thank you for it, Lord. And everyone says, Amen. Amen. Praise God. Amen. Brother Frank, we have a, uh, somebody that's um, requesting prayer. They're having a, a battle with um, unclean spirits and are requesting okay. that you pray for their deliverance, please. Thank you. Okay. All right. Father, you said that we can ask and we shall receive. And this unclean spirit, whoever this person is, I bind you. I come against you in the name of Jesus. By the blood of the Lamb, come out. I break your power over their life over their mind, over their heart, over their being. In Jesus' name be free. Come out. That's it. Now you start thanking God. Say, thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord, I'm free. Thank you that I'm free. I'm free by your blood. Thank you, Lord, I'm free. And the scripture declares, he whom the Son sets free is free indeed. Hallelujah. (laughs) So that's a good word right there. Amen. Praise God. Praise God. Amen. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Holy Ghost. Amen. Thank you, How wonderful. Well, wonderful. I release you to do what you're going to do. All and right. I've got a couple of things I'm going to do myself. So you right. be blessed, body, soul, and spirit. Thank Bye you, now. Brother Frank. Bye-bye. You're welcome. Thank you so much. Bye-bye. Thank you. Bye-bye. What a wonderful, wonderful night of teaching and anointing, and and it's been it has been so wonderful. I tell you, uh, just remember that no matter what you're going through, if it's if it's battling uh, unclean spirits or if it's whatever the case may be, remember that God loves you and that He will always always reach out to you and. He will be there for you. He's been there for you. Uh, when he died on the cross, he took all of that on himself. And and he's with you now, and he loves you. Um, and and you pray to receive Jesus, and you Jesus uh, loves you, and um, and he is he is there for you. And no matter what you're going through. No matter what you ever will go through, just know that he's there with arms outstretched and loving you and taking you for just just the way you are. You can come to Jesus just the way you are, and Jesus loves you enough to take you, but he also loves you enough 
not to let you stay where you're at. So, um, so know that. And, you know, Brother Frank has been talking about uh, a lot of different wonderful things tonight. I know that um, when he was talking about compassion, thinking about several different things in the Bible, of course, Jesus was, was motivated by compassion and in Second Samuel 9, it talks about uh, King David's kind, kindness to David's son, Saul's grandson, Mephibosheth, and how um, he had, uh, you can read about it in 2 Samuel 9, verses 1 through, through 13, and how King David had asked uh, if uh, anyone was still left of the house of Saul, uh, that he could show kindness to him because he'd made a um, a a covenant with Jonathan and with Saul that nobody would ever be harmed from the house of Saul. And so uh, they sent off, and they they found they found him. Of course, he was a little bit afraid at first as to what was what would become of him. Would he die, or or you know what would happen? Uh, so, but uh, Leland, who graciously gave me permission to play their songs, um, wrote a song based on this this chapter, and it's, it makes me. It's called "Carried to the Table." It makes me think of of us. We were broken down, and we just in the mess that we were before Jesus, and yet in all of that, God loves us, and He carries us to the King's table. This is really where we belong, but only through the grace and the righteousness that was made possible by the blood of Jesus. Shattered by the fall Broken and forgotten Feeling lost and all alone Summoned by the king Into the master's courts Lifted by the savior And cradled in his arms I was carried to the table Good enough to share this cup this world has left. 
Oh! 
for times of refreshing from the presence of the Lord. I am so grateful for that. I love that song by by Zachary Smith. It's a wonderful song by him. It's times of refreshing. It's a uh, I was thinking about um how just just being in the presence of the Lord is uh is all we need because the the, pre, the the presence, the anointing of the Lord, it destroys the yoke of bondage. So as an Acts, the book of Acts in Acts uh, chapter 30, I mean chapter 30, there is no 30. We are actually chapter 29. We are Acts 29. If you have the Lord in your heart and you're doing the works of God, then God is continuing the book of Acts through you and through me. So we are the book of Acts. So it's not Acts 30, but Acts 3. So that would be Acts chapter 3. And then that would be, um, I was looking for the version that I normally use. So if you turn to the book of Acts with me, chapter 3. And it's going to be, we're going to read from the English Standard Version. And it talks about um, the times the times of refreshing. It talks about, and I just missed my place. Oh, here we go. Uh, verse, verse 19 through 20. You know, turn to Acts chapter 3, 19 through 20. It says, Repent, therefore... And turn back, that your sins may be blotted out, that times of refreshing may come from the presence of the Lord, and that he may send the Christ appointed for you, Jesus. So it says, repent, therefore, and turn back, uh, that your sins may be blotted out, and that times of refreshing may come from the presence of the Lord. So once we repent of our sins, of whatever it is um, that we've done wrong, then we we repent of that, and then we turn back from that. Our sins are blotted out. That means never again to to be ever seen again. So, um, and then refreshing, refreshing comes from the presence of the Lord because the anointing of the Lord, thank God, it destroys the yoke of every bondage. Now, if you um, would like to call in with a comment or um, uh, or a prayer request or testimony, you just want to say something, you can call 646-668-2093. That is 
6682093 and uh, and call in with a comment, prayer requests, question and things like that. So but it's it is very important to repent. Now repent doesn't mean to say I'm sorry for something. It doesn't mean that um for example, it's not being sorry that you got caught and that you're going to get punished, but it's actually genuinely being sorry for something that you did that you know was wrong and that you know grieved and hurt um, the Lord, uh, the Holy Ghost, that you know has grieved him, then it's very, very important to to, um, repent of those things because genuinely being sorry, like I said, not, not being... Sorry that you got caught, but being sorry because you hurt the Holy Ghost, and that um, so that you uh, that you are are actually wanting to change, and actually very, very, very sorry. And um, you know, I know that uh, the flesh, and uh, you know, the Lord He told us to crucify the flesh. And I know it's often often talked about that it's easier to cast a devil out of a person than it is to to you know you can't cast the flesh out you can't you have to crucify the flesh and um you know we have to be uh we have to be living sacrifices that get on the on the altar of of god and um and stay on his altar and that we just uh and that we 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 are a living sacrifice, holy, acceptable, and pleasing to to God. And but the, I've often heard it say that the only problem with a living sacrifice is that they will crawl off the altar. Uh, they have a tendency to do that. So, but um, in uh. In Galatians, actually, in the book of Galatians, chapter five, it talks about um, talks about the fruits of the spirit, and then it says in chapter twenty-four, now those who belong to Christ Jesus have crucified the flesh with its passions and desires. So, if we live by the spirit, let us walk by the spirit. So, basically, if we walk by the spirit, walk walk in the spirit, and we're in the spirit. Then we're not gonna satisfy the lust of the flesh, but we're gonna we're gonna satisfy the spirit because I've I've often heard I've often heard it or I've often seen this example like okay we are we are a spirit and we live in a we we live in a body we have a soul and we live in a body so we're the spirit and the soul is the mind the will the intellect the emotions. And then the body, of course, is is our. I've, I've heard it termed earth suit. So we can, you know, you've got those three, and whichever speaks the loudest, and whichever you feed the most, is gonna is gonna is gonna be the one that you follow after. So if you're always feeding your flesh and, and submitting to the desires of the flesh, the flesh is a pig. I've heard it say by a pastor of mine that the flesh the, the flesh is a pig because it only wants its own way and and the carnal 
is is um and there's enmity between between the, the between God and 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 the flesh and it's it's a battle going on between there because the flesh doesn't want to do what the spirit man wants to do and so if if you're constantly feeding uh, your flesh whether it's just if if it's uh, whatever your flesh wants to do if it just wants to go to sleep or if it just wants to uh, watch TV all day or if it wants to to entertain the wrong kind of uh, shows on TV or magazines or wrong websites or whatever it is that you're feeding your flesh. And if you're only, like let me put it this way, they said some people, uh, they, they feed their bodies three hot meals a day, but they they give their they give their spirit like three cold snacks or something like that a day or something similar to the similar to it. So basically if you're only going to feed your spirit man a couple of snacks that you're feeding your flesh a whole bunch of whatever it wants to do, then your flesh is always going to have uh, rule over over these other things. So if you don't take, take captive the thoughts that are tempting you to do what you're not supposed to do, then you're not going to, you're not going to, um, you're going to keep walking around the mountain uh, in circles for and keep doing that and doing that until, well, there might not be a way out of that mountain because time will run out. Yes, God can redeem the time, and he will re- restore to you the years that the locust has eaten, but there comes a point eventually when time runs out and god forbid if you were in your active sin doing your sin and something god forbid happened to you and you died right then i mean and you stood in front of him then it, you, you would have had no chance to even repent or ask it's like playing russian roulette you just you don't know I mean, I'm not speaking or prophesying anything over you, but you don't know what could happen. You don't know when your last breath is. Look at Miles Monroe. He went out, people were expecting him to go be at the conference that he was participating in, and him and his wife and the other people on, on board the plane, he died. Nobody could ever expect that unless they got a word of knowledge from God. So we just don't know when our next breath is. So it's not good to... to to, to frustrate grace and to push push the envelope to push you know God's hand in things because as with that illustration they they brought three people up and in the church and they said that the you know there was the the spirit the soul and then the body and then they said if you feed the spirit more than that, you've got to eventually do to where you're feeding the spirit man more than you are the flesh or or more than you're worried about the body and all that, to the, where those two will follow and you will have dominion over your flesh and over your your soul, you know, over your soul and your body. So that's just um, some things that I learned and, and I wanted to... Uh, um, to share with you. So, um, um, but I know that, uh, I know that, uh, God, God just, 
God loves us so much and he loves us enough to where if we if we will if we'll try and we will ask him, he will he will ask us um, he will ask us to I mean he will okay, let me put it this way. If he loves us enough to where he will take us as we are, like I said earlier, but he will not leave us where we are. And that's how much he loves us. So you turn to the book of Hebrews with me and chapter chapter six and uh I believe it's chapter six or is it chapter four? Just trying to find here. I believe it's let's try chapter four. I'll go back Bible jumping around here. So, but um, actually, I'm gonna look that one up while we're doing that. But it it is very very important to um, to feed the spirit man, as I was saying, and to really repent. Um, yeah, and uh, actually, I, I did have it first the right time. I just didn't have the right verse. So um, if you want to turn with me in your Bible to Hebrews 6, and that would be Hebrews 6, and I'm trying to get there. <clears throat> so Hebrews 6, and then starting off at... Actually, starting off, uh, let me see. Let's just start with chapter 1. Therefore, leaving the discussion of the elementary principles of Christ, let us go on to perfection, not laying again the foundation of repentance from dead works and of faith toward God, of the doctrine of baptisms, of laying on of hands, of resurrection of the dead, and of eternal judgment, and this we will do if God permits. For it is impossible for those who were once enlightened and have tasted the heavenly gift and have become partakers of the Holy Spirit and have tasted the good word of God and the powers of the age to come, if they fall away, to renew them again to repentance since they crucify again for themselves the Son of God and put him to an open shame. So, when we sin, we willfully sin repetitively, we're actually crucifying Jesus all over again and putting him up to public spectacle and open shame. And uh, it is a very scary uh, verse um, because if uh keep pushing the envelope, then, then we, God might just cut us off without a remedy. If you keep sinning, then God could very well just, I mean, we can, we can quench the Holy Ghost so much that 
and and grieve the Holy Ghost. The quench means to to kind of put out, to kind of um, like you know, you put out a fire, you you quench it with a wet blanket, or um, but and basically you're not yielding to him. Uh, that you're quenching him if he's telling you to do something and you don't do it right away, so you're quenching him. But to grieve him, it means to hurt him, to insult him, to, I mean, basically grieve what it says. You're you're hurting him every time you willfully do something that you know is hurting him because you because a part of you there's a stronghold. And if you're if you're if say for example you're doing you're watching pornography and um you know that uh you know that the holy ghost is is always with you because i'm talking to believers here now and um but if if say for example if you if you are into the pornography and you're watching it all the time well the holy ghost if you're a believer he lives inside of you and Every time that you visit those websites or you're doing whatever it is that you're doing in that such an area, then you're bringing the Holy Ghost with you. And everything that you view on the Internet, you're a part of. Uh, you're bringing the Holy Ghost with you. And our mind, our, our mind does not know the difference between... between um, between actually, like for example, if you're watching a murder, uh, you know, just taking place on a on a show, then your body, I mean, the, your mind does not know the difference. It, it thinks it's actually witnessing a murder. Uh, it thinks it's seeing blood and guts everywhere, and and whatever the case may be. So every time you see that, um, then then you're actually uh, your mind is thinking that you're that that's happening. So every time that you watch pornography or engage in some kind of sexual perversion, then you're you're um, uh, then you're bringing the Holy Ghost with you, and He's holy. Um, and so every time that you go to those places, since our body does actually. I mean, since our mind does not know the difference between between um, actually watching actually watching it does not know the difference between it, then um, it's thinking it's it's actually it's actually real to it. I mean, our mind does not know the difference, so it's actually to it it's real, and it. It sees it as real, and if you have the Holy Ghost living on the inside, then every time that you watch that, and it says, and and in the Bible it says, if you look upon a woman with lust, then you've committed adultery with her in your heart. So since you committed adultery with her in your heart, then every time you're looking at these images and with lust, then you're committing those acts with them. And uh, you're you're committing those acts with those people that you're watching on the porno pornography or whatever it is that you're watching. And so in your heart, since you're watching with lust and doing everything that comes with that, 
then you're actually bringing um, you're bringing the Holy Ghost there, and it it says right here in um, one Corinthians six nine through twenty. Do you not know that the unrighteous will not inherit the kingdom of God? Do not be deceived. Neither fornicators, nor idolaters, nor adulterers, nor homosexuals, nor sodomites, nor thieves, nor covetous, nor drunkards, nor revelers, nor extortioners will inherit the kingdom of God. And such were some of you, but you were washed but you were sanctified, but you were justified in the name of the Lord Jesus and by the Spirit of our God. All things are lawful for me, but all things are not helpful. All things are lawful for me, but I will not be brought under the power of any. Foods for the stomach and the stomach for foods. But God will destroy both it and them. Now the body is not for sexually Im- sexual immorality but for the Lord, and the Lord for the body. And God both raised up the Lord and will also raise us up by his power. Do you not know that your bodies are members of Christ? Shall I then take the members of Christ and make them members of a harlot? Certainly not. Or do you not know that he who is joined to a harlot is one body with her? For the two, he says, shall become one flesh. But he who is joined to the Lord is one spirit with him. Flee sexual immorality. Every sin that a man does outside the body is is outside the body. But he who commits sexual immorality sins against his own body. Or do you not know that your body is the temple of the Holy Spirit who is in you, whom you have from God, and you are not your own? For you are bought at a price. Therefore glorify God in your body and in your spirit, which are God's. So every single time that you visit websites like that, you're joining the Holy Ghost with something that's unclean. You're joining the holy with unholy. And you're you're making the member of the Holy because the Holy Ghost lives in you. And so you're joining him to the harlot or the unclean spirit and making him one with that, and and forcing forcing someone as beautiful and gentle and loving as the Holy Ghost, someone pure as him. And I'm not condemning you or anybody at all. I'm just telling you the truth because I love you. I'm not condemning you. But every time you partake in those acts, and especially if those acts are not pornography, if it's actual physical sexual acts, outside marriage and uh then you're joining spirit with an with the spirit of an, of another person becoming one flesh with someone outside marriage and every devil you may or may not believe this but every devil that that every person they slept with and they had if they had devils all those devils are now coming to you from the people that they slept with that's why they it it it, it, it whoever they slept with all of their spiritual baggage and the person that you're sleeping with comes onto you and vice versa. And that's pretty scary right there. So when you're when you're watching the pornography 
and then you're joining somebody that's holy with the unholy, and you're forcing the Holy Spirit, who was sent to comfort and guide you, you're forcing him to participate in the act, in the sexual act of either the lust of your heart and through your eyes and your ears, but and also your body. You're forcing him to do that. And that's not fair to him. I understand, and again, I'm not condemning you, but it's, um, you know, that's, it's, it's, it's really, it's not to condemn at all. It's to just let you know that, that a person who's holy, somebody who's wonderful like him, you're forcing him to to do these things. It's 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 almost like just it's almost like it's almost like you're raping him. I mean, for lack of a better way of putting it, because you're forcing him to do something sexual that he does not condone, does not want to do. And who shall ascend to his holy hill? He who has clean hands and a pure heart. So don't keep forcing him. And, you know, once the devil has been cast out of you, if if you go back to it, I mean, once the devil's been cast out, then it it, 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 it wanders barren desert places, searching for rest, finding none. And, and it goes back and it finds a place on, uh, it's swept and, and clean, but, and then it, it, it goes out and finds seven other spirits uh, seven seven other devils, just as uh, stronger, actually stronger, and brings it back into the house with it, so that that person's condition is worse off than than it was to begin to begin with. And uh, so, I mean. Once you've been delivered, you need to you need to to do the best that you can to stay to stay delivered because God will do His part and He will He will um, He will do His part, but you need to also you also need to do your part because and that means to to stay to to, to as they say walk it out. And what that means is do your part, do whatever you have to do. If you have to say the blood of Jesus, the blood of Jesus, all day, all night, the blood of Jesus. And, um, you know, in, in the the book of Luke uh, 11, chapter 11, uh, verse 24, it says, When an unclean spirit goes out of a man, he goes through dry places, seeking rest and finding none. He says, I will return to my house from which I came. And when he comes, he finds it swept and put in order. Then he goes and takes with him seven other spirits more wicked than himself. And they enter and dwell there. And the last state of that man is worse than the first. So once a person has been prayed for and delivered, if they go if they go back... Um, if they go back to uh um, if they go back to uh 
to their way uh, that they've been doing, then these the, that unclean spirit that was cast out goes and finds the seven that are stronger than them. And what it means is when he says he comes and he finds it swept and put in order, that means that basically these people aren't praying every day, they're not reading the Bible every day, they're not worshiping, they're not putting back in to where what was taken out, they're not filling themselves up constantly with the Holy Ghost, be being filled, constantly filled with the Holy Ghost and uh, and fire. So, um, you know, it's... Uh, it's just vitally important for that we don't, it's just important to, once that we've been prayed for, that we stay that way. Because it, it, it the reason that things get progressively worse is because that clean, unclean spirit that has been cast out, you know, comes back and finds that the person may have been on fire for maybe a week or a couple of weeks or whatever, and then they decide to to they they haven't been filling themselves up with the word and and uh, and so and they haven't been seeking the Lord's presence and and being in His anointing, which the anointing destroys the yoke of bondage. So. Um, they're not they're not doing that and so that that unclean spirit goes out and it and it and it um and it goes and it gets out the the seven stronger ones and leaves it in a worse state and it says in Ephesians the book of Ephesians 5 um in Ephesians 5 17, therefore do not be unwise, but understand what the will of the Lord is, and do not be drunk with wine, in which is dissipation, but be filled with the Spirit, speaking to one another in psalms and hymns and spiritual songs, singing and making melody in your heart to the Lord, giving thanks always for all things to God the Father in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ, submitting to one another in the fear of God. So it's very important that once we've been delivered to keep filling ourselves up, one version of the Bible says, be ye being filled. So in other words, it's a continual continual process of being filled with the Holy Ghost, filling yourself up, being spending time in his presence and um <clears throat> and then just uh spending time in his presence and doing your part by not going back to those um to those places because um you know, going back to those places in your mind, because that's one of the first places that the enemy is going to come attack is in your mind. And in your mind, if you don't cast down that thought, then it's going to become a stronghold. You can start meditating on it. It's going to become a stronghold. Then you're going to want to act out on it. And as I said, it's a progression. And the reason being is because they, they go get the seven stronger devils than they are, and that person's in a worse off state. Um things that they never would have dreamt of doing, things that would have horrified them or grossed them out, they find themselves doing and deriving pleasure from. So maybe they just watched a pornographic movie, got um, sexually aroused, and 
uh, but it happened a while, became a stronghold to the point where that does no longer the, the quote, normal uh, por- pornographic doesn't bother them, but uh, they they have to watch somebody being hurt that they derive pain from that so that um, that's the only thing that satisfies them and to where uh, they go out and they just, um, you know, uh, they just go ahead and 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 they're they're worse off and now they're doing things to where this these unclean spirits are taking over um hours of their day um and they're in a worse off state than they ever were so please i implore you if you have been prayed for to be delivered and you want deliverance, I'm going to pray. I know Brother Frank prayed um, not long ago, but I'm going to pray for you. But I, I'm asking you, and I've just read scriptures and I've 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 explained and and told you that um, you need to you need to let the Lord fill you up, and you need to you need to do your part. You need to do your part for. For the um, to keep to keep um, delivered, and that's not going there. That's casting down the imagination. And um, so, first of all, um, you do need to repent. I say that with love, not condemnation. You need to repent, and you need to, to rededicate your heart right now, in the name of Jesus. So uh, you're not promised tomorrow, you're not promised your next breath. Our life is but a vapor, and then it's gone. And we have to stand before the Lord one day and give an account for our time, our talent, our treasure, and our tongue. You need to protect your eyes, your ears, and what comes in through those and into your body, into your spirit. I mean, so you protect your heart with all diligence because out of it flows the issues of life. So repeat after me, say, Dear Lord Jesus, I am sorry for everything I have done that has caused you pain. Forgive me. Your blood cleanses me, sets me free, and the blood of Jesus keeps me pure, The blood of Jesus keeps me holy. Forgive me of my sins. Come into my heart. Make me new. I receive you as my Lord and Savior right now. And I forgive myself. Thank you for helping me stay free. For whom the Son sets free is free indeed. Amen. In the name of Jesus, I break the power of the unclean spirit on your life. I command it to go. In the name of Jesus, I put the fire, God, on you right now. The fire, God. In the name of Jesus, I bind the power. I break the power of the unclean spirit. I command it to go right now. And I thank you, Lord. I thank you, Father God, that this unclean spirit has no dominion on these people at all. At all. This 
sexual perversion and perverted spirits have no dominion at all whatsoever. It has to go. It can't come back in the name of Jesus. I command it to go. I, I command you to release your hold of these people in the name of Jesus. Go. I, I loose the healing anointing of Jesus and the fire of God on them right now up of the blood of Jesus. The anointing destroys the yoke of bondage. I thank you, Lord, for your anointing. Your anointing is voice activated. And I thank you, Father, right now that you touch these people with your fire, with your anointing, with your blood, with your love, and with your presence. Go where the knife of man can't go and deliver them. Set them free and set their hearts ablaze and set them on fire for to do your will and put the, the the burden of the loss on them, Lord, right now that they may do your will in the name of Jesus. And I thank you for it. In Jesus' name, amen. We've got about three minutes left. And um, so I want to just let you know that um, Jesus is a baptizer in the Holy Ghost and fire. And just if you want to be baptized in the Holy Ghost and fire with the evidence of speaking in other tongues, repeat this after me. Say, Dear Lord Jesus, you are the baptizer in the Holy Ghost and fire. And I'm asking you right now to baptize me with the Holy Ghost and fire with the evidence of speaking in other tongues. In Jesus' name. Now, I want you to start. I want you to start. Um, I want you to start. Just go ahead and don't speak English. Don't speak Spanish. Don't speak any language you know. Just let the utterance come out. That's it. Keep that's that's it. Keep speaking. Keep speaking. There you go. There you go. Keep saying it. Now, uh, now, important way is just praying the Holy Ghost. And if if you have issues or if you have problems with this, then you just say the say the name of Jesus. And there's power in the name of Jesus. Say the blood of Jesus. Now we've got about um, ninety seconds. Actually, 90 seconds, exactly. Uh, I have been authorized to give you a scholarship to River Bible Institute, River School of Worship, or River School of Government. Call 813-971-9999 or or call 866-857-4837 for prayer 24-7. You can go to revival.com, that's R-E-V-I-V-A-L.com, Go to Fire Talk Radio 2, the number 2, at yahoo.com for a prayer request or comment or testimony. And um, now we're going to be closing in about 47 seconds. I'm, I'm going to be live again on Friday, tomorrow, Tuesday at 6 p.m. Frank will be live. I'll be live Friday at 8, Saturday at 8, and then Monday at 8, and Tuesday at 8, and in between, depending. And we're going to be signing off in 30 seconds. I won't be live in 30 seconds, but I'm going to be ending with a song. Until we meet again, you are valuable. You are loved. You're accepted in the beloved. I love you. He loves you. And until we meet again, may he hold you in the palm of his hand and envelop you with his love. 
Hi, this is Maury Moreland Morrison, here to tell you Geico has more than just great savings. Much more. Geico's been around for more than 75 years, back when they were using Morse code. Sorry, that's just my sense of humor. What's more, with Geico, you get 24-7 access to licensed agents on the app, online, or over the phone, so you can talk to them at night or in the morning. So forevermore, just know that no other auto insurer has more more than Geico. More power to you. Geico. Expect great savings and a whole lot more. Do you suffer from chronic CFED or can't focus energy drain? Try over-the-counter Vibrant. One tablet contains the same caffeine as a cup of coffee, but without the calories or coffee breath. Vibrant. Caffeine, not coffee. Taking Vibrant may result in increased productivity and decreased dread in setting alarms. Unexpected enjoyment of the graveyard shift has been associated with Vibrant. Vibrant may be a better budget option than drinking coffee. It may also decrease the urge to doze off, skip work, or exhibit signs of slacking. All jokes aside, always read the label, take only as directed, and limit caffeine as it may cause real side effects. Not for children under age 12. 